Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast of the Carolinas by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash Podcast! What is going on, guys? You are tuned in to the newest episode of the Fistful of Cash Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dale Lippin, in here with the co-hosts with the most of soup. What is going on? Nothing, man. Um... Just finishing up this pit game, you know, being from the area, uh, loving Big East basketball for such a long time and the struggle with the transfer to the ACC and, you know, Pitt being abysmal for, you know, Kevin Stallings tenure. Jeff Capel came in and uh, they're about to, I think they officially just beat their first ranked opponent in two years. They just uh, beat Florida State by 14 at home. So big win for Pitt, man. Huge win. Jeff Capel brought in some great freshmen. Kind of hits me in the feels to see, you know, a local college basketball team being competitive with NC State the other night, uh, beat Louisville in overtime. Like, Pitt's back. You know, they're going to make the tournament this year, hopefully, unless, you know, something catastrophic happens. But, yeah, it's exciting to be uh, in the Pittsburgh area with a competitive basketball team again. And I think we've said this before, too, on prior episodes, that there, there's just no excuse. I think we actually said this whenever Cable first got hired on. There's no excuse for Pitt to not have a competitive basketball team. Um, the recruiting pipeline, the, the, just the area as a whole, the way basketball is prominent in the area, there's just no excuse for Pitt not being a good basketball school. I, I just – I will not accept – uh, the fate of Pitt not being a good basketball school, and they've been in the doldrums uh, for the last few years. And I'm with you, man. I'm I'm glad to see them. Uh, glad to see them turning it around. You know, it's a, it's it's a good time uh, to be in the Pittsburgh area, and it's a good time to be a Pitt Panthers fan. I mean, it, how can you not be excited for what the program's doing now and what's to come with Capel at the helm? I'm excited, man. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, not quite in my feels over it because I'm still a diehard Maryland Terrapins fan, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with it, man, for sure. I think that's a good, I think that's a, uh, it's a, obviously it's a great addition to the program. And I think that they're going to do huge things. And like you said, the, the freshman pickups, um, are, are gigantic and it's just going to build momentum going forward and hopefully see some, you know, contention in the ACC coming up. Cause right now it looks like the Zion show as far as the ACC is concerned. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's nothing but promise for Pitt right now. I mean, it's Capel's first year. He had, you know, like a month and a half to recruit and was able to sway some guys who were going to bigger ACC schools to come play for him at Pitt. Uh, Xavier Johnson is one of them. And then one who's come on as of late is Trey McGowan's. He dropped, I think, 32 against Louisville. Uh, I think he, he had high 20s tonight against uh, Florida State. They're tough. They're 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 uh, rim attack rim attacking guards. They're not afraid of contact. Uh, they're not afraid of the big moment either, which is amazing. Because Trey McAllen's technically should be a high school senior, but he reclassified to play basketball 
uh, to play college hoops. So it's a young kid and he's going out there and he's playing with the best of the best. Um, It's, it's going to be interesting, but yeah, right now, well, Dukes look vulnerable. They just, you know, a buzzer beater against Florida state to win the game uh, after Zion went out. And right now they're in overtime with Clemson or I'm sorry, with Syracuse down by two. Um, 93 to 91, it's an NBA score. So, I mean, I, you know, you're not going to win every game in college hoops. It's no. not, that's not going to happen nowadays. Um, every once in a while, every 10 years, we get an undefeated team, but we'll see what we'll see come tournament time. Uh, Duke's defense is really going to have to step up because you're not going to, you're not going to win the NCAA championship without being able to play defense. You're right about that. You are right about that. All right. So speaking of offense and defense, we had talked about last week uh, this idea of sort of reformatting this show. Now, we initially started with the title, the Tuesday Touchback, and that was, you know, uh, under the other format. And we may leave that title. uh, But doing some brainstorming today and just talking to a a buddy of ours, and he said that, uh, you know, with this new format change, you're going to change the name. And I, you know, sort of sitting there thinking about it. I said, well, I didn't really think about it that much because the touchback maybe doesn't apply to it all that much. And he said, you know, it's really just kind of like a typical Tuesday for you and your brother. Uh, you guys are just peeling back the curtain to see what you guys normally argue and fight about day in and day out. So it might have to be the typical Tuesday or the uh, the toss up Tuesday or the uh, <laughs> what's something to that effect. I don't I don't know the Tuesday toss up the the typical Tuesday something to that uh, effect. I don't know. We'll have to play with the name a little bit more. I really didn't put any thought into changing the name. So if you have any ideas that pop up throughout the week, you got to let me know. So. Uh, but in the spirit of that, we did say that we wanted to crowdsource some sports debates, popular, uh, you know, pop culture debates, anything like that. And that you and I were going to adopt uh, not necessarily opposite stands to it, but we are going to sort of break it down and maybe provide some insight, some perspective, some outside takes that maybe you and your buddies, if you're listening, haven't thought of, or maybe we'll just give you some confirmation bias into your already rock solid opinion on the matter. These are 100% crowdsourced questions. We have no skin in the game here, uh, but we do have opinions on it. So if you're ready, Soup, you want to dive right into these? I'm ready. All right. All right. (laughs) So so I know this one was... uh, the, the first the first one that, that garnered questions on, on your part as far as how to break this down. So we're just going to have to go with what the information that we got in regards to this question. And it is, if Cam Newton played for the Atlanta Falcons, would Atlanta be Super Bowl contenders? What are your thoughts on this? No. Um, <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> Matt, Matt Ryan's a better quarterback than Cam Newton. Atlanta's built for a downfield passing attack. Um, Atlanta went seven and nine this year. And they were, you know, outside probably, you know, the Packers, I guess, as far as playoff contending teams, they were probably the most injury riddled. Um, I think Ricardo Allen, your starting free safety, missed 13 or 14 weeks. Um, Devontae Freeman only played one game. You're starting running back. Uh, they lost with uh, Brandon Fusco, who 
Slippery Rock University alum. Uh, their starting left guard. They lost him. Slimy Pebble. Yeah, they lost him for nine weeks, I think, nine or ten weeks. Um, Deion Jones missed double-digit weeks. It was like 10, 11 weeks. Um, who else? Oh, Keon O'Neal. Keon O'Neal went down week two. Um, you're, you're starting strong safety. So you missed your strong safety, your free safety, and your middle linebacker for the majority of the season. Your starting running back was out. You were missing a starting offensive lineman. That's not a good recipe to make the playoffs. Let's not forget, you know, Atlanta was eight minutes away from a Super Bowl win two years ago. Like, they're still a good team. Matt Ryan had his second best, you know, could arguably be his best season of his career this year. He threw 35 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. He ran three and he caught one. So 39 total touchdowns and seven interceptions and just shy of 5,000 yards. That's an MVP season if Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees aren't going off. Granted, the 7-9 and nine record you know, doesn't help that. But as far as individual performances, you know, Matt Ryan balled out this year. So I, I can't possibly justify Cam Newton coming into Atlanta and making them any better than Matt Ryan would. Cam's super inaccurate. He can't really throw the ball downfield accurately at all. And that's where guys like Austin Hooper and obviously Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley, that's where those guys make their money at. That's where they eat. So I I, I don't see that. I, I think if Matt Ryan goes to Carolina, I think Carolina's a better team just because I think Matt Ryan's a way better quarterback than Cam Newton. I guess maybe the logic is, is that with how mobile Cam can be, um, it might clear up some routes it might draw some dbs in a little bit more it, it might you know uh it might eliminate some double team opportunities on you know say julio or something like that because you sort of have to have somebody spying on cam so if you have those weapons in place you know you sort of have to leave a spy on him or or at least maybe not commit to double coverage on julio every time or something like that and it, he sort of can create problems on the feet that maybe Matty Ice can't. So I think that's the logic or the reasoning behind the, the question. I don't, I guess my thing is, is I don't necessarily know if he makes them any better. I don't know that he makes them any worse either. I think it's just sort of, um, I, don't, I almost think it just becomes a neutral exchange. Right. At, Atlanta's offense, Atlanta's offense wasn't the problem. It's Atlanta's defense was the problem this year. So it's tough to say you bring a different quarterback in. I mean, yeah, you can score a lot more points, but Cam Newton's not going to put more points on the board than Matt Ryan is. I mean, I think Cam Newton had 11 less touchdowns and seven more interceptions than Matt Ryan this year. And even with his yards on the ground, he had a thousand less total yards than Matt Ryan this year. So I get he was out two games, but you're not making up a thousand yards and 11 touchdowns in those two games. Um, and you're definitely not going to, you know, take away those seven interceptions that you threw in those two games. You're just going to throw more. So, I mean, anybody who's ever listened to this podcast, anybody who knows me knows I am not a firm believer in mobile quarterbacks. Um, I grew up in the pocket passer, you know, generation. I grew up where Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. That, that That's what I, you know, and it's you can make the case that those are the three best quarterbacks of all time. 
and that's what they are. They are pocket passer, non-mobile quarterbacks. And I, I, I've always believed that that gives you the best chance at winning. Guys who are accurate give you a better chance than guys who can roll out and are inaccurate. That's that's just my belief, and that's how I've always seen football. So, well, I, I'm glad that you, you brought up the the mobile quarterback thing because that that's gonna uh, that brings us to our 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 latest you know last second entry into this, uh, and it's something that's been dominating the headlines today, and it's just Kyler Murray question mark. So I'm assuming we're you know they're wanting us to to elaborate a little bit more on the Kyler Murray situation is he doing the right thing um is he you know basically i mean it's sort of unprecedented at this point don't you think can you think of anybody else that sort of had two sports worlds by the balls and saying pay me my money or i won't let go no uh not not that i can remember not like this um he has you know he he actually he entered the NFL draft on Friday. Didn't really tell anybody. It wasn't breaking news until today um, because he did the whole, hey, Oakland A's, I want a $15 million signing bonus today because the deadline for the early entry into the draft is tonight. So he wanted the deal done today. Um, but he went to Twitter, announced that he has entered the NFL draft. Um, I, I, I want to get, I want your take on this. Uh, I want to see what you think, what, what you think as far as the pros and cons and the decision he's making, if you think it's the right decision to go to the NFL draft and pursue football over baseball. Well, I'd say this. I think if, I think if the A's were going to pay him, that's the right play. Um, but the thing about baseball is, is you really got to love baseball, man. Um, it's one of those sports that I think just about every boy in America tries out at least once. Um, I don't think every boy, you know, tries football or basketball even or wrestling or something like that. Baseball, T-ball seems to be like the hallmark sport that you get your son involved in uh, it, to see whether or not athletics are for them. Um, and it's, you know, how people would talk about pot being a gateway drug. I think baseball is sort of the gateway sport. However, if you want to be amongst the best of the best in baseball, you really have to focus solely on that and really not much of anything else um hitting a home run especially in the major leagues is i if, correct me if i'm wrong here has sort of been proven for the most part as much as you can prove a thing to be one of the, one of if not the most difficult thing to do in sports outside of a uh, hole in one oh um, absolutely i think just real quick i i think baseball and i i'm pretty sure the numbers prove this baseball is the hardest professional team sport to go pro in it takes the most – I think it takes the most talent. In football and basketball, you can just be pure athleticism and make it to the league. I think baseball takes the most talent to go professional in. And you have to yeah. fight so many guys in the minors in order to get up to the pros. So, yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to throw that out there to you know reiterate your, your statement. Yeah. I don't know. And see, like I said, I think if the A's were going to pay him, that's one thing. I don't know where he came up with necessarily the $15 million. Um, maybe he sat down with an accountant or something like that and sort of figured, you know, uh, how we all play the game The if I won the lottery, I would do this, this, and this. And they, you know, made an Excel spreadsheet and figured out how much it would cost to do those things, you know, uh, and then just sort of settled on 15 million. 
I don't know where that figure came from. He does, and that's fine. I would say if the A's were going to pay him anywhere in the ballpark of that, if they said, hey, you know, Kyler, we'll give you $10 million guaranteed. I, I, I think the choice is easy. I think it's you play baseball. Um, if as far, as far as whether or not he's making the right choice, I think he's speaking volumes as to what his first love is or what he loves more. And I feel like that's coming through as football because if you are a baseball guy doing baseball things and wanting to play professional baseball, getting the opportunity to do exactly that, especially the way Kyler Murray's going to get to do it with the spotlight that's going to be on him and the money he could potentially make there, that comes from a lifetime of being of baseball being your number one love. But I think he went to Oklahoma. I think he played football. I think he got a taste of success. And he is absolutely in love with that dopamine hit every time he hears that crowd roar. Um, every time he smells that grass, he hits, get, gets those pads on any, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, I just, he's short. Um, and I, I just don't know, dude, I don't, I, I just, I don't think that he's going to see the success in the NFL that he would see if he were to stick with baseball. I think if he asked for a little bit more modest of a number, as modest as say $10 million guaranteed can be, and then stuck with baseball, even if he really didn't amount to much, it would still be, I'm using air quotes here, you can't see, more successful than going to the league, getting trashed online, getting your body trashed uh, by playing, you know, the way that you do. Just look at Robert Griffin, man. Um, and then sort of being those what could have beens. You know, I, I don't think anybody wants to be the next Bo Jackson story, I guess, is a way to sum that up. So I don't necessarily know he's making the right move or making the wrong move. Only he knows that, but it's not the move that I would make. I'd stay with baseball. So I'm the opposite. Um, I've gone back and forth on this, and I've spoke with a mutual friend of ours um, a lot about it. And uh, I was on the baseball side until I looked up the numbers, and it, a lot's changed since RG3. Now, uh, like like high first-round picks in the NFL draft, um, you know, first-round picks, it's a four-year deal. And almost all of the first-round, like high first-round picks, their money's fully guaranteed now. Like Sam Darnold, just he signed the thirty-one million guaranteed, fully guaranteed. So if Kyler Murray can go in the top fifteen, which he probably will, because I think he's also taking, you know, it's a trickle-down effect. He sees um, Justin Herbert going back to school, and he sees everybody ranking this QB class as one of the worst in recent memory. So he thinks, okay, you know, I can go to the draft. I'm, I'm going to be one of the probably one of the top three quarterbacks taken. It's probably going to be Haskins, Daniel Jones from Duke, and then Kyler Murray, maybe Drew Locke if somebody likes him more than Kyler Murray. But regardless, you're going first round. You're going, you know, top three or top four quarterback picked. He goes in, he gets a $22 million contract, fully guaranteed. He's in the pros. He gets drafted that high. He's getting drafted to be a starting quarterback. So he's going to get a chance to showcase himself. He takes that $15 million um, from the A's. He's got to fight up through the minors just to get a chance at the pros to get a decent contract. Backup quarterbacks are getting paid buku bucks now. Tyrod Taylor makes $18 million a year. So the, the amount of value put on quarterbacks now from a money aspect, granted, if, if he were to go to the Major League Baseball and he were to be an absolute stud, 
you know, there's always the chance. I mean, he's, you know, one of a kind, but there's always a chance to get that Manny Machado money who just got offered eight years, a quarter billion dollars. There, there is that chance. But those guys don't come around very often. Like looking back, uh, the 2009 MLB draft, um, you know, Mike Trout, he went 25th. Guys that went before Mike Trout, Dustin Ackley, Donovan Tate, Tony Sanchez, Matt Hobgood, Mike Miner. Who are these guys? They're nobodies. Nobody knows. Uh, Tony Sanchez played for the Pirates and was a bum. Like th- th- these guys are nobodies. It's so tough to get up through the minors to get to the pros and get that big deal. I get the physical aspect of it, but I have gone back and forth on this. And I think football is the right choice. I think as far as setting yourself and your family up for success, the way quarterbacks are paid now, I think football is the right choice. It's the short term, make as much money as you can solution. And, you know, good on him. If he goes in and he turns into the next Russell Wilson, because the kid's soup, He's incredibly accurate for a mobile quarterback. And that's, that's, true. that's what I like about Kyler Murray. I get he's small, but guys like Doug Flutie and Drew Brees and Russell Wilson have proven that you can be under six foot and you can still ball out in the NFL. And none of those guys have the mobility that Kyler Murray has. Like Russell Wilson, don't get me wrong, he's got wheels, but he doesn't have Kyler Murray wheels. So it, it, it's all subject to you know interpretation and speculation. But as far as the money goes, 10 years ago, baseball, hands down. Go to baseball, get your money while you can. But right now, with the way they're paying quarterbacks and how first-round picks are getting paid with fully guaranteed money, I think football is the right choice. And if that's what he loves more, that's what he says. If that's what he loves more, you know, you're not working if you love what you do. So. Yeah, I just I've 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 never met one of those people. So that's a hard <laughs> that's a hard concept for me to wrap my head around. I've I have yet to meet that person. Uh that saying is, you know, obviously um there for a reason. People say that a lot. I just have yet to meet that person. Um I guess my thing with, you know, circling back to it is just a matter of first of all, real quick, you said his name and I just I feel the need to say it every time I hear his name. Mike Trout is one of the most underrated baseball players of all time. That dude is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and nobody he's slept on. I, I don't. I don't know if he's underrated. He just doesn't get like well, he, he doesn't get the national media that he should because he plays for you know even even playing in L.A. But he plays for the Angels, and he he's soft spoken, and he's not right. You know, he's not he's not the kind of guy that you can put on a commercial that's going to sell stuff. Like I I don't think you know anybody in sports or in the MLB or in the broadcasting business isn't sleeping on Mike, Mike Trout. That's, it's that's true. That he's not, he's not pushed like other guys, like your, your Manny Machado's or your, you know, your Clayton Kershaw's or, or your Chris Bryant's or Bryce Harper's. He doesn't have the hair of Bryce. You know what I mean? He doesn't have the polarizing look or the polarizing, um, I guess I don't want to say ego, but personality that these, let's put it this have. way. If Trout had the trash-talking ability of a sixth-grade bully, he'd be one of the biggest sports stars on the planet Earth. Right, but he's just a nice guy. He's just a good, he's just, good guy. He's, so, he's just a good dude. He's just a good dude. He's soft-spoken, like he said, and he just puts up stupid numbers. Um, anyway, no, I, I, I get your point with the, with, the, with the safe, guaranteed money, and I, I, you, know, you, you are right. Um, 
to to the counter the the Tyrod Taylor thing, I think some of that comes from you know he's a backup now, but a little bit has to do with him being a starter with Buffalo for a while, right. and then he was supposed to be the man in Buff or in Cleveland, sorry, until Baker got there. So some of that money comes from that. But you are right. I mean, there's a lot of dudes out there making stupid money that are never seeing the field. And even if that becomes Kyler Murray's fate, which I don't think it will be, I think that um, he's too good of a talent athletically one way or the other for him to not be a showcase piece in in whatever pre- professional sport he chooses. Um, I, I think that, you know, the what this boils down to is, is this guy is in an unprecedented spot where he's got the football world and the baseball world by the balls and says, who's going to pay me more money? Um, and we might see the first time since Dion, a guy try to try to do both and get paid good money to do both. Uh, it, we'll see. I mean, could you imagine Kyler taking a helicopter from game, you know, from game to game, trying to, trying to figure out ways to, wild. ways to get on the field. That'd be wild, yeah. right? That's yes. That would be insane. in today's day and age with how they are with contracts and stuff like that, you know, restrictions on what you can do. If, if somehow he gets drafted to an NFL team that, you know, talks with the A's and they both agree that, you know, he can play both sports. That would be absolutely insane. Like, I, I can't even imagine. Couldn't even imagine. And if you're Kyler's manager, why not try to push that? Why not try to, because that's how you take your guy into the stratosphere and therefore, you know, obviously making that management money that puts more money in your pockets. But then it comes into so, effect, if, you know, if the A's make the postseason and ooh, you know what I mean, point, you, got, yeah. you got mid-October, you're, you're six weeks into the NFL season and you got a playoff baseball game. You know what I mean? That's it. There's, sure. There'd be so many things they got to work out. It would be absolutely insane to see. Um, I don't know if it's possible, but it would be absolutely you just nutty to see it happen. All right. Well, I'm going to present this next one, and I'm I'm going to. I feel like we're going to land in the same spot. So hopefully, it doesn't bleed over into this nine million minute long dissertation here. So let, let, let's uh, keep that in mind here. All right. Yes. Next, next question posed would be, let me see. Let me pull my list back up here. The best collegiate, best collegiate coach of all time, including mainstream sports. So I don't need to know about the best water polo coach. Right. I mean, it, it, it comes down to basketball and football. You're right. So. Right. So I think you and I are going to land on the same one here. You let me go first last time, which I appreciate. Mm, uh, yeah. So, so, uh, <laughs> so wait, let's 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 hear it. Right, well, I'm going to ask you this: you basketball or football? Basketball. Basketball. John Wooden. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, how can it be anybody else? You win. You right. win ten national championships, seven in a row. John Wooden, hands down. Like, don't get me wrong. I, what Gino Ariyama's done is amazing. What Pat Summit did at Tennessee, absolutely incredible. You know, Pat Summit gets slept on, a hundred percent. What she did with Tennessee was phenomenal. Uh, I think she won seven or eight championships. You know, I know Gino's got like ten or eleven or something like that. 
but what John Wooden was able to do in men's basketball, which, you know, every, anybody who watches basketball knows that UConn, they just, they rake the, you know, the top recruits every year. And it's, it's not even fair anymore. Um, I know they took an L like a couple weeks ago, but what they do is unfair. You can't do that in men's basketball. Duke's trying it and Duke just lost tonight to Syracuse. Um, what John Wooden was able to do at UCLA is phenomenal. Um, obviously, the college football side of it, you're looking at two right, Alabama let's do this. coaches. Two Alabama let's do coaches, this then. pisses me off. No, let's do this, all right, because you, you're on the cusp there, all right? And and you mentioned people that I, that I had as backups on my list here. So you and I both know enough here. I can ask you this, and I know that you can rattle you can rattle them off. Give me a give me a top five. Put them in order. College basketball, men and women's. Yes, just college okay. basketball. Um. Okay, John Wooden, number one. Yeah. Mm. I. The guy's got like a thousand wins and a hundred losses. I have to go Gino Ariama number two. I have okay. to, unfortunately. Um. Bob Knight. Ooh, okay. Coach K. Okay. And then, dude, number five's tough. You got Pat Summit. You got, you know, you got Bayheim. Um, oh, you got Jim Calhoun. You got Dean Smith. That's tough. That's tough to name a top five. I'm, I'll say, I'll say Calhoun because what he did at UConn was fantastic. So I'm going to go Jim Calhoun. As my, right. as my five. So John Wooden, I'm with yeah. John Wooden, Gino Ariyama, Bob Knight, Coach K, Jim Calhoun. All right. I'm going to take John Wooden, Pat Summit. Oh, boy. Coach K, Gino, and Bob Knight. Okay, so we switch. You, you put Pat Summit in, I, I put Jim Calhoun in. So we got yep. four out of the five at the same. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, man. There's so many good coaches. Like I said, you've got like, like Dean Smith, what he did with North Carolina. Um, what's his from Kentucky? Uh, Rupp. Oh, yes. Yes. Rupp um, with the first name we don't say anymore in this country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you guys who don't know, it's Adolph. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and like I said, Bayhan, like there's, there's so many good college coaches. There really have been. And I don't think but, there's any wrong. I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. Unless uh, you leave John Wooden out. Unless you leave John Wooden out of number one. I think you're <laughs> wrong. Outside of that, you're you're good to go. Uh, it, it's open for debate. So, all right. Top 10 football coaches, college football. Or no, I'm sorry. Top five. Yeah, I don't want to do 10. Oh, boy. Ten's too big of a list. All right. So give me. Give me top five college football coaches. Now, I understand that there's – I need you to remove your feelings out of this. Yeah, I will. Um, and here's the thing, right, a, a precursor to this. We're doing mainstream teams here. I know that there's probably some guy that coached at an FBS school that won, you know, 850 games as a coach or something like something stupid and didn't lose right. for 15 years straight or whatever. I'm sure he's a fantastic coach. All right. But he's not Nick Saban. So I don't want to do that. 
Um, so those guys, those FBS guys, those, those, you know, whatever middle Tennessee, you know, uh, whatever, what, what do you call it? Helen Keller school for the deaf. I'm, I'm sure there's, there's those guys out there and good on them, but this ain't, this ain't that. So give me your top five, uh, greatest college football coaches of all time. And like I said, I know this is exhaustive and I know you got a lot of feelings about this, but let's, let's keep it within context and, and under control. All right. Uh, Bear Bryant, number one, uh, Newt Rockney, number two, Nick Saban, number three, mm, I don't want to reach too far back. Woody Hayes, yeah, Woody Hayes could be Woody Hayes, number four, cause he's not too far off of Bear Bryant. So Woody Hayes, number four, and then number five is a toss up between Joe Pa and Bobby Bowden. Those would be my top five. All right. So refresh me on some of this here. So I'm with you on Bear Bryant, number one. Um, Woody Hayes was a coach for Ohio State. Ohio State. Okay. All right. So Ohio and Ohio State. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. And who who was the other? Newt Rockney? Who's that? Yes. Notre Dame. Okay. Notre Dame fighting Irish, baby. So, all right. So, when was it? Yep. What, what was it like the 1700s? Nah, when was it? Was, nah, it was probably early 19, like 1920s. Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a reach, but they won two national titles with them. And I think it was 29 in 1930. They won 19 straight games and won two national titles with them. Um, I think, I think he won three total, maybe, might have been more. But I'm, I know he won at least three national titles. So, all right. So I'll go. I'll go. Bear Bryant. I'm with you on that. Um, maybe just recency bias, but I got to throw Saban in there. Number two. Mm. Oh man, I'm trying to think. Probably Joe Paw. Number three. Let me ask you this: Does Urban Meyer belong on this list? You know, I was just gonna say he he can. I would argue Urban Meyer top ten. I don't know about top five, but he definitely he definitely deserves to be in the argument for top ten. Okay. I mean, he won. He did nothing but win. I mean, at Utah, at Florida, at Ohio State, like it's tough to leave him off. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. So throw him on there, and then give me Bobby Bowden at five. Yeah. I think that yeah. I think that's a good. Bobby's got to be on there. Yeah, it's a good addition. <laughs> and then, you know what? I'm a slightly controversial pick. Maybe he doesn't have the numbers for it, but I'm throwing Bob Stoops on there too. He may be top 10 somewhere, at least as far as uh, – he's got to be at least top 25 statistically if looking at it, I would imagine. Bob Stoops has got to be on there somewhere. Um, and then number one in my heart, Coach O. So – that's about. Oh yeah, <laughs> yo, we'll go we we'll go run the football, stop the football, run the football, dude. That 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 press conference, that video of him at that press conference where them dudes are being loud, and he just, yes. oh man, I just, hey, <laughs> uh, I'm having a press conference over here. Quiet down. And then he's like, oh. then he comes back. So about it, and then it's like three minutes later. Like, Excuse me, one more second. Hey, I don't hold you now. I'm going to be quiet about that prank call. Dude, I just, I freaking love that guy. Oh my gosh. He's so funny, man. He's so funny. All right. Two more. We'll wrap this thing up. 
and uh you know like i said guys if you guys are interested in this you want you want your question featured we have all the questions that we got this last week and i've got them all written out we're all in order here and we're if you submit a question we will go over it um i can't say when but it will we will get to them we want to keep these episodes around the 45 minute mark uh at least definitely trying to keep them under an hour but the uh you know we are going to cover everything that you guys send in so if you have something that you want to see on the show or hear on the show rather at some point in time fistful of cash pod pod uh at gmail.com send it in there or send it to us on uh via direct message on our instagram which is just fistful of cash podcast um you know definitely we've gotten away from you know asking you guys to go to you know subscribe to us on itunes and leave reviews and follow us on social media but that doesn't mean we don't want you to do it still please do uh you know we're getting thousands of listens, but we don't have thousands of followers on social media. So let's get those things matching up. That'd be fantastic if they were, you know, matching one for one. That'd be great. Uh, so please, please do that if you get time and you're motivated and feel feel like doing it. And then if you can't remember the email address I told you, which is fistfulofcashpod at gmail.com, if you click on the show notes, it's in there in the show notes too. You can go ahead and just click on it right there and it'll it'll handle business for you and you can submit your questions that way but two lighthearted ones to end things here soup uh is a hot dog a sandwich well i thought this was hot dog or sandwich what do you prefer is a hot dog a... i didn't get prepared for this um <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich is a hot dog a sandwich what the no are you sure uh, is a hoagie a sandwich well yeah the, if, yeah because a hoagie is another name for a submarine <laughs> sandwich yeah that's not no, 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 that's not that's not an accurate uh, comparison here i know uh is a what's the definition of a sandwich i'm gonna say meat between between bread bread yeah meat in between them buns well then, then that. an item of an item of food can no no a hot dog is not a sandwich the definition of a sandwich an item of food consisting of two pieces of bread therefore a hot dog is not a sandwich well but that's the thing though you go to the store you get those bootleg buns and they split down the middle they break. right then you're eat then you're eating you know that yeah because yeah okay it can't change if, it can't start out as a hot dog they, and then morph into a sandwich based upon the quality no, of bread it's always a hot dog a hot dog is not a sandwich i'm going with the 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 definition of sandwich is food is food consisting of two pieces of bread with meat, cheese, or other filling between them eaten as a light meal. I don't eat hot dogs as a light I meal. Do. I, have, I, I, have, have, I, I do. I eat hot dogs to fill me up. I don't have one hot dog. I go and sit down at the Brighton Hot Dog Show, oh and I get three chili, three chili cheese and pickle dogs. Yeah, but do you eat fries with that? Yeah. So the fries oh, yeah. help fill okay. you up too. 
I eat the fries. I don't need the fries. I don't need them to fill me up. I'm full, but I eat the fries because they're good. Uh, I don't know, man. See, here's the thing about the hot dog being a sandwich. Just hear me out on this, right? Okay. If I take if I take a hoagie or if I take a sub bun, right, and I go and I buy it at the store and it says whatever Martin's hoagie rolls, okay. Do you cut that all the way through before you put your meat on it, or do you leave it with that little tiny pocket in there so you don't have stuff flying out everywhere? Because if you do that, then by your definition, I just created a hot dog. But that's a sandwich. No, I mean, a hot dog consists of an actual hot dog. No, it doesn't. Yes. A hot dog is itself... That is that is the meat itself. Okay, what's in a hot dog? Okay, but what's in okay, but what's in a hot dog then? What's a hot dog made out of? Pig ass, pig snout, pig liver, pig ears. Bro, you know I, every, listen, all, all the shitty scrap thrown together. But you know I get down on the kosher hot dog, so my stuff's my, mine are all beef franks. So what's the difference between doing that and putting roast beef? It's preparation shape, of the beef. It's preparation of the beef. Shit. The shape makes it a hot dog. Nah, 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 nah. Because, okay. Do you, so kil- okay, if that's the case, then is kielbasa and a hot dog the same thing? Because they're the same shape. Composition is what makes it a sandwich or a hot dog. So foie gras and a hot dog are the same thing? Because, no, no, no. Because of... <sighs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Do you call a burger a sandwich? Yeah. You call a burger a sandwich. I don't say I'm going to go get you it. Say, no. Let me go to Wendy's and get me a double junior bacon Same. sandwich. No, I don't say that. I say I'm going to go get a burger because that's what it's called. <laughs> it's called a burger. The, the preparation. Why, why? Hold on. Why is it called a burger? The preparation. Because it's a hamburger patty. But there's no ham Correct? in hamburgers. It's a, it's the preparation. There's a question. Why is it, why, why are they called a hamburger? There's no ham in it. That's a good. Why, why is it called a driveway when you park on it, but you drive on a parkway? Yeah, I understand. But here's the thing: is a hot dog a sandwich? I mean, you know what I'm saying. I, I, <laughs> I would, I would go so far as to say that a hot no. dog is a sandwich that can go by no other name other than a hot dog, based upon preparation. Well, hear me. Okay, look at it this way. Um. You make a hot dog, right? You I put do. it in the hot dog bun. You throw your condiments, whatever you want, your ketchup, your mustard, your relish, whatever. You eat it. it tastes good, right? Yeah. You take that hot dog. You cut it into two. You put it in between two pieces of white bread and put that same shit on it. It tastes like hell. No, it's it not the same. It doesn't taste it's not the same. Good. It doesn't taste as good, but it's still good. Mm-hmm. Everybody, no, listen, not, everybody listening to this has made a hot dog sandwich before. Everybody and everybody who's listening to this is like, damn, I wish I would have had a hot dog bun. Right, but they still ate that hot dog sandwich. Listen, I, I'm going off the definition. It's not a sandwich in my eyes. All right. Next. Next. All right. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Pacino or De Niro? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're on the, um, same, we're on the same spot with this. I, I don't I'm, I'm, I'm Robert De Niro. Yeah, so am I. Okay, yeah, okay. So both of them, their best movie is The Godfather 2. I, you know, very rarely is a sequel better than... Oh, really? You don't like that? God, keep... Listen, okay. 
I think it's harder. I think Pacino's best movie is Godfather 2. I think that you can argue for De Niro. I think you can argue Raging Bull. You can argue Taxi Driver. You can argue even Goodfellas based off preference. I think personally, I think both of them together were in what their both their best movie is, is the Godfather 2. Now, Pacino Pacino was in Scarface, um Carlito's Way outside of the typical Al Pacino role. Outside I mean, The Scent of a Woman is probably Pacino's only role outside of his typical, you know, scumbag detective mob boss role robert de niro is much more versatile robert de niro was able one of his most underrated roles which i really enjoyed him was in silver linings playbook i thought he was fantastic in that movie um but even his comedy roles even him in the original meet the parents i don't really like meet the fuckers but him and meet the parents al pacino is not going to give you that that the comedy factor behind it also al pacino i don't think has ever won any awards which i mean robert de niro has so i don't know i personally to me i think the humor and the versatility of de niro sets him above al pacino all right going back to your godfather thing i think that the best movie that the two of those guys were in together is heat heat yeah, okay, I, Heat's good. I think Heat that, is mm-hmm. just on a different level. Um and that's personal preference. Now, every every uh Godfather 2 advocate out there is 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 super mad right now. But I if you're asking me, it doesn't get any better. Um it's sort of the precedent for all bank robbery movies and almost all action movies. I mean, if you look at the way that movie has emulated itself um basically it 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 reinvented the bank robbery movie um the two of them they they did that you know they did heat and then you had like uh here's a throwback one that came out around the same time set it off with queen latifah um oh yeah you know you look at recent movies like more recent movies like the town the town and then uh one that we just watched recently that i thought was surprisingly good den of thieves um yeah yeah even even baby driver were all heavily influenced by heat and it's because i mean not to say that the godfather 2 didn't influence mob movies for all mob movies to come afterwards um, but the two just to to veer off on movies that the two of them are fantastic in, and they're both in together is where you can get a direct look. Um, and and even then, they're in they're in uh, they're in polarizing roles in the movie. You know, obviously with De Niro being the bad guy and Pacino being the good guy, but he's like a good guy in the sense that like the way the only way Pacino can be a good guy, he's still kind of bad. You know, yeah, he's uh, like he's a good scumbag. Right, 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 right. So you use almost it's almost like watching the two of them play out for uh acting supremacy with each other. Um and it's it's and you I think that it's art imitating life in the sense that it's Pacino chasing De Niro in the movie. Um and it's also like that professionally where it's 
Pacino very, very close uh, chasing De Niro. Now, I realize in the movie, spoiler alert, that Pacino comes out on top uh, in the movie, but I don't think that that's, I think that's where the similarities end. Um, I just, I don't know, dude. I think that, I think that, uh, I think that, I think De Niro is just better, man. I think that he's better. And I think that anybody that sits there and looks at their body of work would agree. Um, it's, it's tough though. Cause Pacino, he's been in movies that, you know, like insomnia, insomnia was a really good movie. Sleeper. Good movie. And, yeah. Sleeper. Yeah. Right. Uh, even, you know, as much as I despise Colin Farrell, the recruit, not a bad movie at all. And that's another one where Pacino plays the good scumbag. He ends up being a dirtbag at the end. Um, but like I said, like Carlito's way gets slept on city hall with him and John Cusack. Good movie. Uh, obviously Donnie Brasco, um, devil's advocate, you know, the insider with him and Russell Crowe, he's been in a ton of good movies, but like I, like I said, I think it's just, I think it's De Niro's ability to not play. He, he's not, you know, the one role actor. I, right. I, I think that De Niro, and, and if you would have asked, you know, if, if I would have been competent enough to answer this question at the age of nine, if you would have asked me this before the year of 2000, I probably would have said Al Pacino. But what De Niro has done with his age and um, like I said, with Meet, Meet the Parents and Silver Linings Playbook and what was the most recent one he was in with, um, was it Anne Hathaway? Was it Anne Hathaway? The the intern, is it the intern? I think it's the intern is what it's called. Where he's like an old guy and he gets a job working for Anne Hathaway and he's funny in it. Like he has, he has a very good sense of humor and it's believable at his age now. He's he's got like the you know your typical grandpa that hits on your girlfriend kind of humor to him now, right? Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Dirty grandpa, go see it, guys. Great movie. <laughs> yeah, that's not that, that's not my favorite at all. Um, no, I will say this. Okay, so going back to the Pacino thing, if you're looking at them as far as awards go, Pacino's got one Oscar and De Niro's got two. Um, okay. as far as Pacino goes, cause I feel like I haven't, uh, given him his just due here. Um, I did not see the, the, the Joe Paul movie Paterno with him. Did you see it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really okay. good. All right. Um, yeah. you know, a, a couple movies that I, I really did enjoy him in, um, I liked righteous kill. Did you, you saw righteous kill? Yes. I thought that was good. Um, yeah, I was with you with the recruit. I'm all about that. Any given Sunday, uh, we're we're a sports podcast, oh, yeah. and we completely right, slept yeah. on any given Sunday. Um, yeah. Well, here's the thing: it's because Robert De Niro was in Raging Bull, so it's like, how do you compare another sports movie to Raging Bull? It's tough. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm just saying we're talking about go down. We're talking I, about go, go to the Buick. Go to the Buick, and you'll be open. You know, go, run to the Buick and get yeah. open. I mean, that's just oh, yeah. Um, really and then, yeah. Right. Willie Beeman. Um, Devil's Advocate, too. Another fantastic movie uh, that gets slept on. I love Devil's Advocate. I think I'll say this. Pacino might be, you sort of uh, leaned into this. I think Pacino might be the older man's choice. Um, 
But as far as our age group goes, as far as relatability goes, as far as what we're continuing to see, as far as high quality production and movies go, I think that De Niro becomes the choice. Um, and I think that that will become solidified even more once the Joker movie comes out. Um, I think that that's basically going to lock things up as far as this conversation from here on out. I'm so excited for the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. I, I just, I can't wait. Um, but as far as the debate on who's better, Pacino, De Niro, I think it might be generational. I've never seen Serpico. I've heard it's fantastic. I have not seen it. Um, I have seen Deer Hunter, which everybody, you know, won a a bazillion awards. I struggled through Deer Hunter. I was not overwhelmed with that. Obviously, uh, being the boxing fanatic that I am, Raging Bull, of course, of course, uh, holds a spot near and dear to my heart. And then, you know, obviously with De Niro, with Goodfellas and then Casino and stuff like that, there was just his heyday was unlike anything else. Um, So, yeah. I'm going with I'm going with De Niro, based off of Heat, Goodfellas, Casino, A Bronx Tale, Sleepers, Copland, Ronan. I mean, some of my favorite movies have him in it. So yeah, I, I, it, this is easy for Men of Honor, dude. Men of Honor. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, yeah. Guy's been in he's been in everything. It's it's uh, I mean both of them. It's it's tough. It really is because I mean what we named off thirty absolutely quality movies that I could sit down and watch at any time right. <laughs> and be entertained watching it for the 20th time. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. All right. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up this edition of we'll go Tuesday touchback for now. Um we do have uh big news coming up on Friday. We got a UFC event coming up. We've got all kinds of goodies this weekend. Um stuff to look forward to if you're not a Patreon subscriber, go to patreon.com/fistfulofcash. And sign up there. Ten bucks a month will get you additional picks each and every weekend on top of uh, entry into some other stuff that we're going to be working on, too. So if you're interested in that, go there. If you got a question for the podcast that you want us to cover on a Tuesday episode, if you submit it, it will get covered. Can't say when, but it will get covered. Uh, fistfulofcashpod at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, review on iTunes. Follow us on social media, Instagram, at fistfulofcash. And uh, I think that's it, man. I think I, I think I hit on everything. Um, I got a puppy this weekend, so that's cool. That's about it. Man. Hey, dude. Lima bean. Get out of here with that. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, you know, this one, this episode was a little more lighthearted, um, based off the topics. We actually agreed a lot more than I thought we would. Um, not that I'm upset about that. There are, but, listen, there are 20 questions sitting here in front of me that, yeah. that I guarantee we're probably going to need a half hour for each one of them. So don't worry. It's coming. How about the, how about the Tuesday thrash out? Mm. No, no. Okay. I just, no? You never hear right. thrash out anywhere else. So I don't know where thrash out would come in. Though. That would seem, that seems like know. something. That sounds like, like a, sounds like a punk rock orgy. I mean, gets listeners. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick. I, I just had an observation and the, you know, um, we went to uh, we went to Dairy Queen, like an actual like brick and mortar Dairy Queen, the other day. Yeah, we walked in there. Would you agree that Dairy Queens, truck stops, public pools, and airports are essentially the same location? 
They're disgusting. They're just foul, right? Like, what is yeah. it about those four spots that they they all attract the same type of people too? Like, if you can go to a terminal in an airport, a, the shallow end of a pool, a Dairy Queen, or stop to take a leak on the highway on any highway in America, and you'll see the same people, the same people. Like, if there's anything that makes me believe that the world is actually just a computer simulation, it's the fact that the four of those locations are exactly the same. They smell the same. It's all the same people there. They're equal parts disgusting. I I, I just, I don't know what it is about the, the four. It's just, it's so gross. And I'm sure there's more that we can add to that list. But airport, Dairy Queens, public pools, and um, truck stops are just the same thing in my book. I got two more for you real quick. Tarps off Tuesday. Tarps off, like we're like we're getting ready to yeah, play. Like, okay, maybe like let, like Letter Kenny, oh, or yeah. or no, darts Tuesday. off. They say darts off. No, it's tarps. No, it's, it's tarps. Darts. It's, dude, it's a hockey saying. It's oh, tarps. Tarps. You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm yes. sorry. And or the Tuesday Donnybrook. Tuesday Donnybrook. I could get down with that. Uh, or, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. The Tuesday Tilly. The Tuesday Tilly. Okay. The Tuesday Tilly. <laughs> All right. It's done. It is decided. To be fair. Yes. Okay. <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. <laughs> if you guys have not started watching Letterkenny yet on Hulu, and we're probably super late to this, um, oh. I just finished all six seasons. It is one of the greatest shows I've seen in a long time, and it is a straight giggle fest from start to finish. Um, by all, yeah, absolutely check out Letterkenny. And if anybody that listens to us in Canada has any sort of connections to get us, you know, I would love uh, a, a little cameo spot as either a hick or a skid for sure. But that's just me. Uh, I'd prefer, I'd prefer the hick spot. Uh, I'm not a, the skids just kind of like, eh. Yeah, it's true. But if I, you know, if I could be one of uh squirrely Dan's cousins, you know, Jarrett Garrett, uh, what's the little one that he, that Wayne hates. Oh, I can't. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's like, I fucking hate him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's like seven years old. All right. As always, guys, clear eyes, full fist, can't lose.